Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I was homeless for a couple of years and parked to sleep at a campsite up north of where I am. I pulled in, parked, fed the cats and started to cook and relax. When all of a sudden, flashlights appeared in my face. Four of them, looking in my windows, so I assumed it was rangers asking me to move since the campsite was technically closed. I rolled down my window a bit and asked what was up, and apparently it was a family of four, also parked and camping. They had a fire going and a dog, so I figured things were okay here, but there was a, a really weird feeling about it. My boyfriend at the time decided to try and befriend them and we got out to chat and they asked a a lot of very pointed personal questions. Are you married? Do you live around here? Do you have any kids? But actually it was their two kids asking all the questions. They spoke like adults too, which made me assume maybe trauma was a real part of their life or something. At some point though, the kids put themselves to bed by basically going, Mom, Dad, we're headed to bed. That seemed a bit weird to me, but whatever. But it got way worse from here, though. They talked about their converted truck that they lived in. Apparently, the kids shared a bed, and a key point that they made was the van was soundproof. They really wanted to play with our cats, but no such luck. The husband and wife, I only remember the dude, said his name was Scooter, which, really? Scooter of all names? Also, the daughter's name was Olivia and the son's Skeeter. I know, it sounds fake, right? But they started to try and separate me and my boyfriend, saying stuff like, let's walk to the river, let's go look at the car, and things like this. They were really interested in hearing about any injuries that we had too. And at some point, they started letting the fire go out and even started sort of standing behind us a lot. That was enough for me. We left some stuff behind and we got into the car, started it up and just talked like, what the heck was that? It took two minutes for the woman to walk up to the van and ask if we were leaving. We said no obviously and that we were just cold. She asked to sit in behind us and I asked why. 
She didn't answer and asked if she could sit with us or on my lap and again, that was really weird and I asked why. She didn't answer again. She said that we can't leave her there because her husband beats her and so I asked if she wanted the police and she didn't answer, pulled out a cigarette and lit up, leaning against the door of our car and we just sort of looked at each other and it was then that I heard someone douse the fire. It was then that I said, baby, just out of so much nervousness, which is when I found out my boyfriend was suspicious from the beginning and didn't think to say anything until now, only to add that if I had stayed and not followed him to the car, he would have just left me there. He was a waste of space, but before I could process it, I heard the husband grab something off the fire tool set. One thing that I noticed in there was a large red axe, and I just got tunnel vision, and I hit the gas at that. I felt this woman pounce off the side of my van as we pulled away, and just as we got on the road, an ambulance was behind us with its lights flashing. I wasn't about to stop for it. You know how easy it is to buy emergency lights for any car on Amazon, right? No thanks. But the ambulance turned off to a dead-end road, eventually after a while of demon driving into town, that is. We never heard a siren, looked it up, and the aforementioned river was two and a half miles into the dense woods, so pretty isolated. Apparently a lot of people go missing out there too, and I often wonder if perhaps these guys are to blame. About ten years ago, there was four of us walking through the woods local to us. To get to the best entrance to the woods, you have to walk through a crematorium. There was me, Thomas, Lisa and Alice and we had planned to go camping in the woods. So we'd been camping in these woods on many occasions. I had a very easygoing mum so the parents of the other three would call my mum to ask if we were having a sleepover at my house and my mum being nice said yes. We were all 13 at the time. We were walking through the woods to get where we normally camped and on the way there we walked past a man with an axe. He didn't speak and just sort of stared us out, so we walked on and just sort of brushed it off. A little bit creeped out, but didn't think too much of it. The night went on as you would expect, having fun trying to drink and not be sick and just having a laugh with friends. We went into the tent to go to sleep at about 3 in the morning, but about 20 minutes later, we heard what sounded like trees being axed down. The sound echoed around the woods and made us all alert, this went on for about five minutes. Then, as soon as it sort of started to finish, Thomas joked about the man with the axe and Alice got rather upset with him. Time passed and just as we were about to go to sleep, we suddenly heard footsteps. They were circling around our tent and we all sat up in shock and started to panic. We heard logs of wood being dropped outside of our tent. We could actually feel the wood as it struck the ground. We all gained the courage to finally look out of the tent, peering out. He was there, sat on the floor, staring into the tent as we opened it. We just all bailed as soon as we saw that and ran as fast as we could from them into the woods. We never did go back to get our stuff or anything, not that we really brought too much, but all of this time, all the times that I've been out there since, I never saw him again. The weird thing too was that this guy, he never seemed to talk. 
he was just sitting there staring at us in the tent. Ten years on and I still think about that night and exactly what that guy may have been up to. So a few days back, I went into a mall a bit far from my house and things were really good that day, but then while I was in a KFC branch, someone on Grinder with a blank profile messaged me while waiting for my food on the table, but I shrugged it off and he didn't send me any pictures, just messages saying hi to me and asked if he could give me the best, and you can imagine what he said, I would ever have. Seeing that I'm in a public place and absolutely do not have the mood to be horny, I did not reply and then proceeded to eat my meal. After eating, I then left the mall while bringing the items that I brought from there and waited for a ride to go home. It was dark, around 8pm at that time, so I had to be vigilant on my surroundings. While looking out on the road, the same guy messages me and asks me where I am currently. And I saw, suddenly, that his distance from me was only 70 meters away from where I was standing. This was definitely getting a bit worse, so I closed the app immediately and proceeded to continue ignoring him. Around five minutes later, a guy stood beside me, though, trying to act sort of unsuspicious, I think, even though my gut feelings are telling me that something was wrong. He looked like he was around maybe late 30s. I'm 18, by the way and a bit bigger than me, both height and weight. I started to get goosebumps while standing beside him, and it only got worse when he tapped on my shoulder and asked if he could do those things that he mentioned to me before. I froze, having no idea what to do, while extremely anxious, but then I suddenly just, well, punched him in the face when he started trying to grab my crotch and tried to unbutton my pants. I then pushed him off of me hard. He was now down on the ground and I ran away as far as I could. But then I saw him chasing me. Luckily a taxi drove nearby and I rushed inside as quickly as I could. I knew that it was him who was the guy that had been spamming messages on Grinder because his Grinder profile tells me that he's only literally one meter away. I blocked the profile and I logged out of the app after that. But what I realized is that I wasn't logged out at the time, therefore my location was exposed and my profile picture in the app was my face which wasn't covered, meaning that it was easy for me to be identified. Also, the location of the mall is pretty terrible as there isn't a lot of lights around it and it's surrounded by really terrible looking houses and roads too. Worse yet is that there weren't really many people around where I stood at the time and it was pretty dark where we were too, meaning... I wasn't really able to identify the man correctly to report him to the local authorities, unfortunately. But also, it was the perfect place for a crime. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This happened to me and my siblings when we were very young, but the memory is still very vivid. This was the most intense paranormal experience that I've had in my life, and I just wanted to get it out there. So, to start, the house that we lived in at the time was definitely haunted. My sister told me much later on that she would hear someone walking up the stairs and then a shadowy figure would stand in her doorway sometimes. I heard the footsteps back then too, but I'd always assumed that it was just her walking around. She didn't tell me until much later, obviously, as she didn't want to scare me. But the house was very creepy at night. I always felt a a profound sense of being watched whenever I would go past certain spots. It was completely different when I got back home to mum's house. I wasn't afraid of the dark and I would still get up at night to go to the bathroom. But it always felt very scary to do so and I would always hurry as quickly as I could. But anyway, I was 10, my big sister was 13 and my little brother was 8. I begged my older sister to let us play with a Ouija board or keychain toy that she had because I was fascinated by ghosts and the supernatural. I wasn't really scared of them at all, in fact. I loved them a lot and only thought that they were interesting, I guess you could say. It took a whole lot of convincing, but eventually she agreed to play with the board. So we all sat down at the kitchen table and my sister and I put our fingers on the planchette and asked if anybody was there to which it almost immediately said yes. We spent some time arguing that the other was definitely moving it and just asking some benign questions I don't really remember. But after a bit, we started getting scared, so we said let's stop. The plunge had immediately and harshly moved to no though, and we instantly pulled our hands back. As soon as we did, we all hear this terrible and horrible screeching or scream one that did not sound human at all we each describe it a little bit differently from one another but we all heard it at once that was for sure we ran as fast as we could to the other room where we all sat sort of huddled on the couch for a long time finally i asked if anybody else had heard that to which they all just nodded We stayed that way for hours too until my dad came home. We didn't tell him about it and nothing really ever came of it too but it was terrifying. So terrifying that to this day recalling it always gives me chills. Also for info on the actual sound it was definitely not a cat. We didn't live near the woods either. We lived right in the middle of the city so no mountain lion or anything like that too. It didn't sound like an animal call, actually, but my brother said that it sort of sounded like the sound of a bunch of bats, but much, much louder. The intensity of the sound was part of it, and like someone screaming right inside of the kitchen. To me, it was a lot like a woman's scream, but distorted, like it was more than one voice, maybe. To those who just don't want to believe it's anything otherworldly, well, 
yeah, that's totally okay and I don't know what else to say to you. I'm just telling you my experience. That's totally your choice and like I said, I'm just telling my story for those who might be interested. So I'm staying at my friend's house in Tennessee over winter break. And tonight I helped her feed the neighbor's dogs because they were out of town. Her house is in a, a somewhat rural area. There's clusters of homes kind of sort of spread out across fields, forests and lake areas. All very beautiful and lots of wildlife. Anyways, it's about 9pm and it's way past sunset. It's quite dark and we're walking the short distance from the neighbor's house back to hers. We're on a road that sort of directly next to us is a small set of woods sloping down into the lake. I'm a little nervous about it so I make a joke like, that forest is kind of creeping me out. Imagine if there's a skinwalker in there. My friend said it's bad luck to share it or say it but I didn't know that until after this event and I'm not taking any chances so... She laughs and gobbles like a turkey loudly into the forest. She's like this and I jokingly say, don't do that, it might attract one. And not even five seconds later, we hear an identical gobble back at us from the forest. It was definitely not an echo too and there was no light in there, no paths and it was very cold, like 30 degrees, so I can't imagine anyone would be out there. But I just remember saying, oh my goodness, then sprinting as fast as I could back to the house. I don't think I've ever run so fast or meaningfully too. I didn't turn back and I was completely out of breath when we got back to the house. My friend thought the whole thing was kind of funny but also freaky. But I just cannot get over the fact that we heard that sound repeated back at us and there's just no way that an animal would make that kind of noise, especially not so accurately. Anyway, does anyone know what this might be? Maybe it was just someone trying to be funny or something? I don't know. I'm really confused by it and it was a, a really freaky situation. I was a kid in Mexico, we loved to play hide and seek with all the kids in the neighborhood at night. The houses were so close together in fact that you could jump from roof to roof and with everybody sort of knowing each other and being friendly, they wouldn't mind if we did get on the roof. We had my cousins come over for dinner and our parents were just out in the porch talking having a couple of drinks. Some of the kids, they came over and asked if we wanted to play. It was already dark out and this is when we especially liked to play so we agreed. There was this one girl too that I had a thing for at the time and they also happened to join that night and I knew that if I could get her alone I might have a chance to kiss her. I knew that she liked me too so it would work out. We all gathered in the middle of the street and we randomly chose who would count then all the other kids would run and hide. So as the kids started counting, I looked at the girl waving at her to come follow me. Holding my hand, I led her to my aunt's house, which was vacant at the time. She was on vacation and I knew the house was empty. I didn't see any other kids go in there. The front door was locked, so we ran to the back and checked if it was locked too. And it was, but at the back of the house, my aunt had an old washing machine that I knew that we could get on the roof from there. I helped her up first and... When we got up, we could hear someone coming and 
I told her to go and hide and she ran off. I was able to make it on the roof not long after and I knew for sure that somebody was searching the house next to my aunt's. It was having the second story redone and I hid in a sort of half completed bathroom. I thought that I was alone too but at some point I felt someone grab my hand. It was pitch black in there. I couldn't see who it was but I heard a soft voice whisper. It's just me. Don't worry. It was most definitely her, so she squeezed my hand a little bit more. We hid for some time, and it was great. But then, from afar, we could all hear the kids saying, we give up, and we had won the round. I came out of the bathroom and looked down at the street where all the other kids were. And that was when I saw her, clear as day, looking at me. I froze. If she was down there, then whose hand was I holding? Slowly turning my head, I could still feel the grip of whoever's hand I was holding with it still being dark, and all I could manage to see was the faint outline of someone with, like, glowing sort of red eyes looking right in my face. When I say glowing, I don't mean, like, fully glowing, but they look sort of a bit red. At that, I absolutely panicked. I got down from the roof and I jumped down to where the kids were, and they were all pointing up and behind me, asking me who that was. They could see the outline of someone up there too, and also what looked like red eyes. We stopped playing immediately and went inside one of the other kids' houses. We talked about what we saw, but only briefly before going back outside again. But when we did, whoever was there was now gone. So this is the most wild and crazy thing that I've ever experienced and I know that it sounds absolutely insane but I just have to tell someone and I really would like to try and find some answers for whatever the heck this was. So when I was 20 years old I was driving past Parker, Arizona when my boyfriend accidentally took a wrong turn. We quickly realized something was wrong too because as soon as we turned that corner it was like everything just went dark. Like there was absolutely no sun anywhere. Keep in mind, it was about 1 or 2 p.m. in the spring. There's no mountains anywhere or large trees or anything. Nothing that could cast like a massive shadow or anything. It was clear blue skies and then all of a sudden it was just pitch black. No buildings or noises, just blank emptiness. We turned the headlights on in fact because it was that dark when... All of a sudden, there was a, a big white sign on the side of what I believe was a road. On the side, it said, in big letters, They're here. Turn around. Now. We both looked at each other and we just said, yeah, to heck with that. And we quickly turned around. After a while, we found the freeway again and it was honestly like the sun just came back on. We went home and... We decided that we would just probably never speak about it to anyone because it was just so weird. But to be honest, I've been haunted by this experience, this really weird and creepy thing that happened to us my whole life and still to this day I just have no idea what to think about it. I'm a 22-year-old female now and I still get goosebumps thinking about the situation and 
whether or not I would even be here today had I not been such an untrusting child. So I used to ride my bike around my neighborhood and through the local parks a lot when I was younger, being a generally safe area at the time, not so much now, but I digress. My parents felt comfortable with me riding my bike alone as long as I stayed nearby. And one summer afternoon when I was 10 years old or so, I can't be certain as it was a long time ago, but it was around 9 or 10, I decided to ride my bike through the park near my elementary school. I ended up running into a friend and her mum at the playground there and spent a bit of time with them before they left. Looking back, I don't recall noticing anyone lingering nearby, but I was an oblivious kid having fun at the park, so they very well could have been, but I just didn't see them. Anyway, I wasn't really having much fun at the park by myself, so I decided to get back on my bike. It was then, though, that a man, maybe late 30s or 40s, approached me pretty much out of nowhere. I was sitting on my bike, kickstand still down, when he came up to me and asked me what my name was. I was a very shy kid, so I don't think that I said anything in response, but he didn't seem to care. He told me that I was a very pretty little girl and that he had a daughter my age that I could come play with. In addition to being extremely shy, my parents had also taught me about the whole stranger danger thing, so I wasn't about to go with this man. After I shook my head at him, I remember him smiling at me in the most unnerving way before putting his hand on my shoulder. I felt uncomfortable the whole encounter, but it wasn't until this moment that I really felt afraid. I quickly kicked the kickstand up and pedaled away as fast as I could manage. I didn't bother looking back until I made it onto the streets just outside of the park. He thankfully hadn't followed me, but I still felt scared, so I went home. I never told my parents or anybody else about this encounter. I know that I probably should have, but for some reason my kid brain thought that I would get in trouble and not be allowed to ride my bike anymore, so I decided to just forget about it. Looking back now... It makes me feel nauseous to think about what might have happened to me had I gone with that man or hesitated to pedal away. I'm very thankful that my parents had been serious about teaching me not to talk to or go out with strangers. I'm maybe even a bit thankful for my social anxiety as, honestly, it probably saved my skin that day. So I think that this all started with the nightmares. I've had a history in the past with ghosts and ghouls. A ghost attached itself to my brother when we were younger and would angrily throw things at him. But we named her Cadence. My sister said Cadence would play hide and seek with her, showing up in the corner of her eye only to duck out of view when my sister would turn to look at her. And when I moved out at 16, Cadence didn't follow me. And this, whatever I'm dealing with, is something different, more negative. It started earlier this week, like I said, with the nightmares. The first one was about Kisaragi Station. If you don't know what it is, you can look it up, but I encountered many people at the station and when I got on, I arrived at a giant field with a dog. I don't really remember much after that. I also don't remember the second nightmare. The third, however, was yesterday night. In it, I was being chased through a small portal under some stairs. But writing this now, I'm realizing that my last apartment had a staircase with a giant hole under it too. 
My cat ran under there once and I felt nearly feral with primal fear that gripped me when I got close to that hole but anyway in the nightmare the person chasing me was a cannibal. I don't know how I knew but I just knew it in the dream and we eventually came to a standoff. I was really close to her but just out of her sight and she was sort of looking away but all she had to do was turn and she would see me and she did. She turned slowly eyes wide as she stared at me. I stared back in complete terror. She saw me and reached out to me, grabbing my hand harshly, and I woke up, slowly, filled with chest-crunching terror. I could still feel the woman's grip on my hand as I woke up, in fact, nearly crushing my fingers. For context, I sleep curled up every night, sometimes on my back, but never with my hand anywhere near the edge of my full-sized bed but I woke up with my hand dangling off the side of my bed, reaching out. I suddenly felt eyes on me from the closet and stared. With complete certainty, the only thought that I had was demon. Spooked like heck, I stayed awake and considered asking my Catholic roommate to bless my room, or at least the apartment. Silly, right? But my roommate had done it before and it was all fine. That is, until my cat broke their Mary statue. After the statue broke, that was when the smell started, like something had rotted in our apartment. My roommate's senior cat started getting nervous too. She used to never meow, but she meows constantly now, and one time we even heard her on the other side of the apartment while we were checking the mail, and we just heard her screeching like crazy. Confused, we rushed back over to our apartment on the other floor and opened our apartment door to find the cat staring at the door and practically howling at it. This morning, we also found a huge bloodstain on my roommate's pillow. Frowning, I checked her cat over because we thought maybe the cat had bled on it, but she was spotless. My roommate shrugged it off and eventually we just washed the bloodstains off but that was definitely really weird. Anyway, what do you guys think? Is this a demon? Can anyone give me some guidance on how to handle this? I feel like I'm going crazy over all of this and I'd really like some help. When I was a kid, for a long time, my family and I lived in an apartment building in Chicago. In this building, we experienced, well, many weird things that felt sort of evil, I guess. One of the experiences that I had, I wanted to share with all of you. So, to get into this apartment building, you sort of had to enter through a gate. After entering the gate, you would just follow the cemented path with what would probably take maybe five seconds to get to some stairs. Going up the stairs, you would see windows to the first floor apartment straight ahead. Looking to the right, there would be a door that would allow you to enter the apartment complex. And now, entering through this door would take you to an extremely small room with two doors. The door to the left would take you to the first floor apartment. The door to the right would take you to the apartment where I lived, the second floor. As you entered through the door to the right, it would lead to an almost spiral staircase. After reaching the top of the stairs, you would yet again reach another door which would actually take you fully inside the second floor apartment. Opening the door, you would immediately see the living room. 
So one afternoon, I was home alone watching anime in the living room. I was maybe 15 when this happened and I remember hearing someone open up the first door to get into the building and the second door to get into the second floor apartment. I began to hear someone walk up the stairs. At this time of day, I was under the assumption that either my mum was done with work or my brother was done with wrestling practice, getting home, which I was excited to not be home by myself. As the footsteps get closer to the door, I glanced at the bottom of the door, which I then saw a shadow there. Usually at this moment, I would hear keys as someone would be preparing to unlock the door. But in this incident, I didn't. I just saw a, a shadow under the door. I also started to hear like a slow scratching sound starting from the top of the door to the bottom. I honestly thought that my brother was being an idiot, playing a prank on me, so... I just let it be and continued watching TV. As I was watching TV, I noticed the scratching continued on the door, getting more and more intense, and the shadow of someone was still present under the door. At this point, I was getting pretty annoyed too, because I was like, dude, I'm trying to watch TV. Quit playing games with me. So I got up from the couch and went to the door, and I smashed it open. But as I sort of swung it open, I looked around and... I didn't see my mum or my brother or anyone. So then I thought, this idiot is behind the door. So I checked behind the door and no one was there either. I did check the back of the door though and I did see scratch marks on my door. At this, my heart started racing and I ran down the stairs and ran out of my apartment, called my brother up and he was still at wrestling and my mum was still out too. So then, the question is, who the heck was scratching at my door like that? So I was eight in 1994 and living in Staten Island. Back then, I would walk to the store by myself. My parents didn't really watch me and sometimes would even ask me to buy them cigarettes. And one time I was walking and an old like 70s brown Buick was following me slowly. Then close to the store, he pulled up next to me and was trying to get me to help him with something. I was a pretty smart kid who could take care of herself, probably from being left alone so often. So I knew that this was really shady. I ran a few blocks until I got to the store and went inside. And a few minutes later, he walks in and is following me through the aisles. I quickly thought to tell the clerk, but I didn't trust him either. I'd already had a lot of bad things happen to me at this point in my life and didn't really trust anyone. So then I thought to use the payphone and call my parents collect. So that's what I did and really loudly said that I don't feel safe and someone's following me. The dude ran out of the store so quickly after that. My dad picked me up and he spent the rest of the day looking for this car and... I didn't get the license plate, so we never found him. But I think about this a lot because it's not like he gave up after that too. I'm sure that he must have found a victim eventually and to me, that's perhaps the most heartbreaking thing about this. Is that I couldn't stop that. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. 
Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.